Hello everyone, hope you are having an awesome week. Today is uh, is a great day. I interviewed Bryson Klein for the podcast. For those of you who don't know Bryson, you should. Um, he is an absolute gun ninja, uh, came onto the scene in season two and has just been destroying it and been very consistent ever since. He's uh, made it into the top five for the last two years as well as competed on USA vs. the World uh, as well. So in such a short time, he's already, he's dominated um, probably a, definitely one of the top top competitors in the country. Um, could even be a favorite to, to win it one year. Uh, he's also recently just took out the Ninja Challenge League 2019 t- uh, titles. Um, he basically pulled off this move on stage three in Perth that um, basically... <laughs> won him the money. Uh, it was an absolutely amazing, um, move that he did. Um, and yeah, so I got him on today. We talk about his training and I guess how he got into Ninja and just some of his little, I guess, little tips and tricks for that he uses when he, when he's on the course. So hope you enjoy. Thanks for coming on, bro. I've been actually looking forward to this one for a while. I was, uh, just need an excuse to hit you up and you just go and smash <laughs> you us never all. Need an excuse to hit me up today. <laughs> oh, I know, but you know, you're smashing us in Perth. I went, oh, you know, actually, that's a, that's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Um, so I guess Bryce, I don't know much, I guess, about you outside of Ninja in regards to like, you know, what you what what your your interests are or what you um what you enjoy doing. So I guess pre Ninja. Um, what were you kind of doing with yourself and yeah so yeah so I've been I started climbing when I was about six years old I've been competitive climbing since I was 10 I've been wow. to like two world youth championships won a handful of national championships um, yeah so I was like frost frost that um, and then also like during high school I was in circus so it was just like more of a hobby it's like one a week kind of thing. So those two sort of skills primed me real well for ninja. That's amazing. So with climbing, was obviously I knew you had a climbing background, but I didn't realize the the extent of it. So what drew you? How, how did you find yourself getting into climbing so young? Well, my dad uh, was a climber, and then when I was old enough, he just started taking me to the local gym. Yeah, okay. Uh, I liked it. I was fucking shit, but. <laughs> 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 it's kind of hard for me to imagine but I guess you know at six years old it's uh... <laughs> yeah but I was like particularly bad for a six year old yeah really <laughs> that's crazy so how long how long did it like how long were you climbing for until you realised I guess I guess until your potential um, came out um, well so I was a pretty late bloomer. Like I didn't really sort of start developing until quite, quite late. Um, so what that meant is I couldn't rely on strengths for a very, very long time. Um, so I was lucky I got into it so early. I was able to develop like a really, really solid um, technical foundation. Yeah. Um, and I suppose like in my youth, I, I was pretty much always at like the top of my game. Um, then when I sort of got to the age where everyone else started developing, then I kind of started falling behind. Okay. Uh, I had a bit of a plateau. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so I was, yeah, I was really, really thankful for that technical sort of advantage. Like, always climbed really smoothly and efficiently, which um, translated again really well to Ninja. So when did you have your, like, growth spurt? Because obviously, you know, you're, like, what, uh, I don't know, what are you in centimetres? Like, what, 180-something? 100, 190? What's that? Because you're quite tall, as in, like, you know, you're at least yeah, six foot uh, now. 185. 185, yeah, okay. So when did, yeah, when, so when did you get that growth spurt? That was sort of around, I had, like, the first one around, like, 16, 15, 16, and then... Sort of again, like seventeen, eighteen. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, and just sort of coming into my body around like twenty. Shit. You're still so yeah. young. Oh. But but in a way, like the the weakness was a huge strength. Like, mm. I never I could never rely on strength though. So. Which is not what you want to do anyway. It's not not as efficient or effective. Oh yeah, I know, I know. I but it would have helped. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine. So when did you? Because obviously, if you were late bloomer, so when? At what point were you now starting to win um, comps, and then obviously now representing Australia and stuff uh, on a national level, international level? Yeah. So I. So again, that was all my youth. So, like from the ages of like. 12 to maybe 16 I was like somewhat consistently winning nationals and um, yeah I went to two world youth championships the first one was in Singapore in 2012 and the second one was in New Caledonia in 2014 wow yeah and I know you still climb obviously I don't know how frequently you are but was, was there a reason you sort of I guess didn't continue to pursue that at such a high level. Um, well, yeah, like as I was saying, like I hit a I hit a pretty heavy plateau, so I'm sort of like kind of ended up being like a six year plateau from the ages of like fifteen onwards. Wow. Um, so I was still training really really hard, but I just wasn't seeing any like progress. And then what was what was quite hard to see was. I was putting in all this effort, and then all my friends around me were just like progressing past me and I just couldn't move and so it was a bit demotivating um and then yeah yeah it was just I was putting on this effort wasn't getting better um so I sort of had to change my mindset around climbing a bit mm. um yeah find find the joy in the actual sport again yeah yeah okay I, I mean I've heard that a bit from I guess people who have come from you know, high-end, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Competed in a sport at a, you know, high level. Yeah, yeah. So losing that joy. So, okay, how old are you now? You're 21? Uh, 22 next Sunday. 22 next Sunday. Jesus. Um, so how did you, how did you find yourself getting into Ninja? So were you aware, you're probably obviously aware of the show, but like, were you into it previously, like, you know, the other versions? <laughs> Yeah, so I've been watching, like, Sasuke, the Japanese Ninja Warrior, before the American Ninja Warrior was even a thing. Um, that American Ninja Warrior was a thing, and I was frothing that, uh, which was awesome. And then I remember I was, like, eight years old. The first time I ever saw the Japanese Ninja Warrior, I was like, 
oh, I'm definitely going to be on that show one day. Like, that's <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, and then, like, the American Idol came out. I'm like, oh, maybe I can go to America one day. And then I turned 18, and the Australian one came out. <laughs> so did you, did you apply for season one? I did apply, but unfortunately it was on my gap year for the uh, audition. So I wasn't able to make it there, but I was able to come on season two, which is super lucky. Well, I don't know about luck, man. It was... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, There's always a large degree of luck with all this ninja stuff. That is true. That is true. So you actually got got invited for an audition for season one? You just weren't... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I was in Europe for the time, so couldn't make it to the show. That's okay. You made up for it. So, come season two, you're here, you, um, you apply, you obviously get through the audition, you get that email or maybe a call, I think we all got emails, and you're, yeah. you know, you're en route to, I guess, getting ready. So, when you got that email, do you remember what you were doing or how you felt? Oh, no, I'm not usually the sentimental type like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... But I don't know. It felt felt very natural. It was like I always believed, like sort of this is this was for me. So it wasn't like this overwhelming, like oh my god, I can't believe this is happening because I could very well believe it was happening. Mm. Um, but it's more like a realization of a dream, not like a yeah, I not get like some saying. amazing sporadic random a joyful event. Mm. It was sort of like everything that I knew was going to happen was sort of starting to happen and that was awesome <laughs> no I, I i can understand i was exci- i was excited but i think when i applied i had this funny feeling for season one mm. i kind of I just i just had this feeling um that i was going to get on from yeah from seeing it on the ad and, and actually doing my application and um so yeah i was i was yeah i was happy but i think i know what you mean i wasn't particularly surprised yeah if that makes sense yeah, yeah. um so yeah, I, I do. I do understand. So, um, were you? Did you change your training leading up to it? Like, what were you doing? Yeah. So, like during the year, I'd just be doing a bit of climbing, a bit of running, a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, and then when Ninja comes around, I do try to do like a lot of like I have a lot of variety in my training, and it does involve a lot of like climbing and running, but slightly more specific. So with the climbing, I use that to improve my like forearm endurance. Um, and then like running will be more high interval. So again, that like high intensity endurance. So whether that's like stair sprints or it's like shorter runs, but like at a higher pace, um, as well as like some sort of, uh, like auxiliary training, um, in gyms and, uh, just like, uh, different exercises to help prevent injuries, correct imbalances, all that sort of stuff. Work on the little things that I need to improve. Did you do any obstacle training leading up to season two? Uh, Yeah, and of course, a bunch of obstacle training. I was going to say, I was like, mate, maybe I'm doing it all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do any obstacles. Um, (laughs) um, So did did you struggle, like obviously like leading up to season two, were you struggling with any of the obstacles that you would do because i don't know what the was it was everyone going to mike's gym so to five star at the time yeah five star was where it was at um were you finding everything pretty easy 
Well, I mean, when it comes to training, like you'll always be able to make something that's out of your ability range. Mm. Um, but it was no less. It wasn't necessarily any like particular type of obstacle or style. There's definitely like, a style of movement which I've always been like quite weak at. Like my lock off strength isn't always the best, mm. um, or like that, uh, like um, continuous lashes. My shoulders aren't the strongest for that, so uh, never yeah, really? good at that. But that's not to say that I cut the. Um, I'm able to compensate with other movements, so I'm quite good at straight arm, um, yeah. and I can still lash a and catch and build. I'm quite good at building momentum. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's never any like particular obstacle that I was find quite difficult. And the thing with the show is, it's never one obstacle. It's always like the hard part is like the combination of all of them with that time limit. Mm. Oh no, hundred percent. So you get on for season two, your dreams being realized, I guess. Um, yeah. Do you, you probably don't remember if based off what you said, but um, <laughs> do you remember what that sort of moment was like? I guess first time standing up on the on the platform? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I was, I was cacking it. You were um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can you describe no, that? Like, lot, what, what was going through your mind? A lot brain? of nerves going through my body. I like got the whole like Elvis legs going, like jittery <laughs> legs. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they they freaking keep you up there for like so long. <laughs> you just right? like chill and you're like, oh my god, like Hurry up. super high tension moment. And like all the producers just sitting down there, just like having a chat. You're like, ah, let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like the crowd's going, and they're like, yeah, right there. You're like, hi, hi. <laughs> um, yeah, that that high tension actually um, is, in all honesty, uh, a little bit crucial for me because mm. um, with all my competition climbing training, I've um, when I'm nervous before a competition, um, it'll be like nerve, 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 and then I'll start climbing, and then it'll be full flow state. So like there'll be no nerves, no thought, just all instinct and action, and that's the same with the show. So without that 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 high tension, that that really like sort of nervous period, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be able to enter that flow state, um, which I do every time I compete. So as soon as the bother goes, it's just full focus, like tunnel vision. Like I don't hear the crowd. I don't like there's no nerves or anything. Um, mm. And that's that's pretty crucial for me to perform the way I do, because um, I've been lucky enough to be quite consistent uh, in terms of not making many mistakes. And um, yeah, I put that down to like the level of focus I'm able to achieve. Oh. Absolutely, and you're very fluid. And sometimes, yeah, I think you're a little bit faster, or can be as fast as Ashlyn um, <laughs> as well, which is actually quite hard to achieve because he doesn't actually look like he's going very fast. But because, like you said, he, his moves are so yeah. minimal, it just, yeah, it's it just, just super it's efficient. Just so efficient. So, do you do you consider yourself are you a bit of an analytical person? Like when you're looking at obstacles, or you how do you like? Because obviously. Um, we're shown the obstacles, so we're showing yeah. the obstacles, as you know. Um, you get one demonstration, you can ask questions. How do you process what you're seeing? Like, what do you do, what do, you do with that information? How do you break it down? Mm. Well, that actually ties back to my climbing training again. Um, I, uh, when, when I was, like, having coaching for climbing, one of the, like, big things is visualization. Mm-hmm. So... 
with a in competition climbing, you again you you often have a full run, um, so you get see the climb done, um, and then you'll also get an opportunity to look at the climb. Um, so it's really really important to be able to know the sequence, to be able to like spot any like tricky sequences, be able to see where you're able to rest, where you're able to like clip from, and all sorts of stuff. So that that was a huge part of my training is, um, yeah, visualizing. Uh, like the climb and that's again translated really well to ninja so I'm able to sort of picture the movements see like in my head how it would be done um, and then able to like yeah and able to see it in different ways which ways would be more efficient which ways would be easier because mm. like you can do something one way which might be faster but require more energy you can do another way which would be slower but more safely yeah and there's all these different like factors and so i've been able to sort of effectively visualize that it's really helpful so did you obviously once after that you just go sit down take that information in and just i guess do you need to be alone or can you just like just quickly no, actually, i really enjoy um, discussing yeah. it with other people yeah because okay. often like one person will say something one way um or like, for example, in season two, the tuning forks are actually, like, offset. Um, and not everyone sort of saw that, so it was really good to be able to discuss that with people mm. and then and then discuss, like, which foot order, because if you started with one foot, it means it actually sent you off in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, just with the way it was oriented. Um, yeah, stuff like that. And it's good to, like, think, like, think about it and have it, like, reinforce in your own mind. And, yeah, you, like... I have people to have different tactics and you help them and like they help you. Yeah, interesting. No, I'm a little bit the same, but w at what point do you go, okay, this is what I'm going to do? No matter what anyone else says or other ideas, at what point do you make that decision for yourself? Oh, this is the moves I'm going to commit to. Or do you do that as you run? Like are you sort of, if once you're on the course, you sort of then adapt. How does it work for you? <laughs> Yeah, so like once I sort of figure out a sequence that makes like sense to me, then I'll be like, yeah, cool. This is definitely what I'm going to do. Um, however, it is also important to have the ability to adapt because there are so, like Ninja Warrior come up with the most ridiculously bizarre like obstacles. Um, so if you have one way set in your head and like you are going to do that no matter what, like that could have the potential to really stuff you up. Yeah. Um, same with climbing. Like you can look at a sequence and be like, "Yeah, this is obviously how you do it," and then you get that you're like, "Nah, this is not working." So it's really important to have that adaptability um, in order to not screw yourself over. Mm. I mean, because from what I've watched you, again, you, it seems like everything just sort of moves sort of effortlessly. Have you? <laughs> Thank you. But I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like you've obviously had a plan. You've had something in 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 mind of how you want to do it, and it just seems to execute. As you said, you've been very consistent. So, has there been an obstacle that you can remember where you had you sort of got to it and you were like, "Crap." <laughs> um. Let me just. Yeah, there's one obstacle that. Uh, the in season two, I think it was the semi-finals. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the sky hook. I had actually planned okay. to do that very fluently. Yeah. Um. So just grab the sky hook and then on that first swing, take it off and put it on the next one. Yeah. And I tried to do that, but I 
hadn't actually lifted it high enough and yeah. I like, got caught on like probably like a millimeter between me not falling off like I did oh, or wow. falling off and possibly not making it to the finals. I think I remember um, that actually. So like I said, luck's a huge part of it. Um, yeah, so it's uh, I suppose that doesn't exactly answer your question. That was something that I was had to be done in a different way than I expected. Um, well, what about? I mean, obviously, so you know, season two you did really well. Did you come? Was it third or second? No, it was second, wasn't it? Yeah, second in season two. And then obviously season three was a great year, even better year. You get to stage three with four others, and obviously yeah. the the doors was the the, the decider. Yeah, yeah. How, how quick can you get to the doors? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm just, and obviously because I'm fairly certain you weren't obviously able to watch the other runs. Was it at that moment? Like, did you did you realize how high the doors were going to be? No, 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 no. I was like fully confident I could do the doors, and I got there. I got onto the first door because I was able to use my feet for that one. I was like, "Cool, yeah, I'm sweet." Yeah. And like the second I touched the second door, I was like, "Yeah, there's no chance I can do this obstacle." Yeah. Wow. It was. Yeah. No, it's well. I mean, I mean, obviously, no one, no one could. I mean, it was. Uh, and what? It's funny because I was looking at all the the um, comments from like the public. They like they thought they were metal, and um, but it was actually just. It was just painted silver, and it was um, there was no. Yeah, it was painted wood, just not particularly grippy paint either. Far out. Oh, yeah, it's rough. It was well smooth, actually. Yeah, Yeah, got to be literal. (laughs) Um, So you know, coming off the you know end of you know end of you know great season three, and obviously um, coming into the NCL, um, which I guess. Most people who would listen would know it's our sort of national league for Australia. Um, how were you feeling? I guess you were feeling okay about coming into finals. Yeah, um, I hadn't actually been training super consistently up to leading up to this comp because I had other comps at like random points and had other things going on. And in all honesty, I just wasn't super motivated to train. Uh, I was still doing a lot of stuff, just had no consistency or like structure to it. Mm. Um, so, but like I knew I was fit and I knew I had the cap- capacity to win. It just was like, I wouldn't have been surprised if I hadn't have. Um, okay. Yeah. So like, in, I, I'm fully aware that anything can happen to anyone at any time when it comes to ninja so mm. it's just sort of taking it as it comes trying to remain really focused and just doing what i do uh just managed to pull off um so i was the first out of the three of us to run stage three mm. um and i went to my limit like i didn't make any slip-ups i uh like just went till i physically couldn't go any further which i would have liked to have gotten a little bit further mm. but like that's all i had in me no that's um, and, and i was pretty convinced at that point that that wasn't enough to win um, but it turns out it was. <laughs> well, mate, uh, I don't think anything's ever going to beat that move. That move was <laughs> insane. So for those that are listening but didn't watch the, the finals on YouTube, uh, there was an obstacle. I'm not sure actually what it was called, but it was obviously it's a uh, wheel. A captain's wheel. Captain's wheel. So imagine like a captain's wheel on a ship that you have to rotate around, and it's in between this sort of metal frame. And Bryson, 
did a sideways lache to then catch the, uh, another obstacle called a bird cage, which is like this uh, um, uh, it's a rectangle, isn't it, with holes and pegs in there. And I, yeah, I still, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, I, I still can't believe you caught that, and and I can't believe the peg stayed in. I thought when you went for it, I thought they were about to fly out, but I guess you know you're pulling down on them, so it's probably yeah. going to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was the most insane move. Um, Thank you. What um, were you planning on doing that? Actually, yes. Because I've done the captain's wheel before, and so like you gotta hang underneath it and like do each little movement to move the wheel like a centimeter, and it's just it's just a ridiculously like taxing obstacle. Mm. So I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, maybe I could just like after a point launch to the bird box, catch the pegs, which would be risky because the pegs are facing away from you, mm. um, and then they swing on the bird box. <laughs> um, so I sort of I was making my way along the captain's wheel. Uh, there's a little marker halfway, which was like sort of just like a checkpoint. So if you someone fell before the checkpoint, um, they would even if they got to the captain's wheel faster than someone who got past the checkpoint, then the one who got past the checkpoint would win. Um, so I actually hadn't made it past the checkpoint, um, and I was sort of I was thinking, gee, I'm getting really pumped. There's two things I can do. I can finish the captain's wheel, which I was confident I could do, but mm. then I'd just be super gassed for the rest of the course. Yeah. Or I can do this very big risky move, um, and then if I stick it, I'll be able to make it further along the course. Yeah. If I don't, I don't know. That's the risk. Oh, um, but I knew I was never going to win on time because Candace Silver and Ashland are just a lot faster than me. Mm. Um, so I knew I had to. I had to win by distance. Um. So, yeah, and, like, getting feedback from the crowd, like, they all saw me on the captain's wheel, and apparently they are all like, ah, yeah, like, Bryson's done. Like, this is this is where it comes off. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I threw the big move and then managed to catch the bird boxes, which actually turned out to be the winning move because Cam De Silva had made it past the checkpoint um, but then fell off um, transferring onto the... Um, bird boxes. So if I hadn't have stuck the move, Cam would have won. And the fact that it did stuck the move meant I won. <laughs> Mate, it was absolutely insane. Well, I guess looking at it, your arms, you were doing it straight arm. So I guess from a, from a, I guess, audience of perspective, it looked mm. like you could have just been burning out and you're like, oh, I'm just going to bail. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously it's very chic. Cause now I remember because when I was with the brief thing you did ask, oh, can we lache? So now that makes yeah. sense. You, you, you sort of have it in the back of your mind. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that was crazy. Um, and obviously you got through that. I think then, what was the next one? Was it the, the cane lane or whatever they called it? The Yeah, candy cane. Candy cane. Lane. Lane. I don't know. And then the vertical limit, which is a Yeah, bitch. which got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, it was a crazy, what is it, 10 centimetres? Something ridiculous. 10 mil, sorry, not 10 centimetres. 10, ten, ten yeah, mil. Yeah, no, it was like, yeah, if that. <laughs> and to be fair, not that I had no doubt in any one of you guys, but that final obstacle, I, I, I really don't yeah. think, well, the second and final. No. no. And it's not that they couldn't do it. It's just you have to get that uh, salmon ladder precision just right. 
yeah. and it's so easy. It was so easy to cook up. Um, yeah, I've been so fatigued. It's just such a burner. Oh man, now it's yeah. I was quite dangerous. I did it a few times, and I dropped the bar on my head. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, luckily it's luckily it's not too uh, not too heavy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, well done on the win, man. It was such a it was such a solid effort, and obviously, I think Cam. Thank you. I think Cam actually saw what you did, and I think when he tried to make his move, he sort of half thought about Lashang, and then I think he sort of did two moves at once. And then didn't com- uh, no. and then didn't commit to the like Lachey, so then he had that pullback and then just came off. Yeah. Ah, um, oh, damn. Yeah, but hey, you got to risk it for the biscuit. That's it. <laughs> um, one thing I forgot to talk to you about is obviously you know USA versus the world. So you know you you've, you've, you you did have that chance to to head to the big stage, like the real big big, big yeah. stage. Yeah. Um, so what was that? What was that like for you? That was like awesome and like the very definition of the word it was just it was incredible to be there like their course is amazing so so much bigger scale um so like you're looking from the ground you're like oh yeah like all the obstacles like the same height above the ground as in australia but then mm. in america they actually dig the pools down they don't rise the pools up yeah so you're like so much higher up um and then the obstacles themselves are just bigger and longer. And like stage two of their finals is just one big pool, just to give you like an idea of like the size of that like course. It's just like there's so much like time up high on an obstacle. Oh, um, it's insane. It's just it's yeah, it's it's really cool. Because um, is is it nine obstacles? I, I don't know exact count of obstacles for stage two. I mean, stage two is definitely one of their probably longer. One of the long, oh, well, no, because I guess there's no time. There is a time limit, so you do have to hustle. Yeah, but definitely a bit of hustle. But yeah, so I guess yeah, you sort of half achieved. Well, you sort of achieved the. Uh, I guess I guess what's the next one? I guess you got to go to Japan, huh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's the dream. Well, I don't know exactly how you apply for it, but. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's possible. I think we had, um, when we were in America uh, this year for the NNL World Championships, there was an Australian that went over. We were watching it. Yeah. Um, you might know him. Do you know Ben Toya? Do, do you know him? I think he's Sydney based. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he went over. So it's, ob- it's obviously possible. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how you do it, but. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Well, um,. That's awesome, man. I think uh, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Is there anything more to pick your brain about? But I think you've you've given me all the uh, all the golden nuggets. So thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Way of the Ninja podcast. If you want to be kept in the loop, please subscribe so that we can teach you how to be a ninja in life and on the course.